me the tissue. Yes. <laughs> I got them for you. I should have just held them. <laughs> I always cry. Aces, it's Ashley. Thanks for listening to Penthouse to Pentecost. On this episode, my sweet friend Christian tells her powerful testimony. You're going to want some tissues. I know I needed them. And also, just a trigger warning, suicidal ideation, spiritual warfare, talks of drugs, and, you know, just some raw, dark things are talked about on this episode, so please guard those babies' ears. God is so, so good, and I know this testimony will bless you. God, we just thank you so much. We just, we enter your courts with thanksgiving and praise today, Lord. We thank you for the revelation that you've given us, the Holy Spirit revelation that continues to speak to us and, and just guide us. And we, um, we thank you for your voice and, and that you're never far from us. We just ask that you'd be in this place today, God, that you would bless Christian, bless her and bring healing, more healing, um, just unpeel the layers of her Lord and, and let her, let her encounter you through all of this, Lord. And, and we just ask that you would just be in this place. Let us hear your voice and help us. We just, we lay down ourselves and we, we offer ourselves as, um, as sacrifices to you, Lord. Let us be your vessels in Jesus name. Amen. I don't know how weird some of those prayers are when I say them out loud, like letting other people hear them, you know no. what I mean? But I'm like, whatever, this is what I don't we're think doing. Weird at all. <laughs> I'm so excited to sit down with you, and I don't know why I always I already want to cry, and we haven't even for real talked about anything. I just um, it's just an honor to sit here, and and I just know that you have a love for the Lord that I really admire, and it's it's true and it's real, and and it inspires me, you know, to to open that book and to seek Him more. So thank you for sitting down with me. I have my friend Christian, who we've kind of already name dropped earlier on in another episode. Um, but you'll have to go find that one. <laughs> um, so today we are going to talk about, I don't know exactly yet, but I have an idea. Um, so why don't you just introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Christian. Um, mom of almost four. Yeah. Um, been married for almost six years to my wonderful husband. I basically have been a Christian my whole life, but there's obviously some pretty significant gaps there where... God has intervened and worked some incredible magic to bring me back. Yeah. Yeah. When you, so you grew up in the church <laughs> and was that your, your parents also? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, my grandparents actually are the ones who um, came to a church and found Pentecost. Um, it was Southern Pentecost, so it wasn't like affiliate with like the UPCI or anything. It was just you know, they yeah. believed in God and they believed in the Holy Ghost. That was essentially it for like Southern Baptist meets Pentecost. Yeah. Um, but they, that was when my dad was young. They, he was probably eight or nine when they started going. And then when my dad met my mom, she had never been in church, but he would, they just started to go together and then had me. <laughs> and so I went to church all my childhood. My parents got divorced when I was like nine, but during that time, my mom fell away from God and stuff, and but I would still continue to go with my dad and my grandparents on the weekends when he had it when he had us and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, almost my whole childhood, at least through one parent, I was raised in church. That's good. So, you mentioned that your parents separated, mm-hmm. and so how old were you when that happened? Um, I was nine, I think nine or ten when it officially became 
like actual divorce. Um, there was some rocky, there was like a rocky year between there, but yeah, like I think 10 when they officially were divorced. How did that affect you? Um, it was, it's pretty crazy. Uh, it went from, my mom was the type of mom who did everything for us. I'm talking, I'd get off the bus and there would be a snack ready as soon as I got, walked in the door, um, made my bed, cleaned up my toys for me. Like she fixed my hair like pristine every day. You know, like she was top notch mom, you know, you needed it. She did it. She was a stay at home mom. She loved, loved, loved being a mom and she loved the Lord. I I remember seeing her in the altar and like seeing her pray and listening to her pray in the morning and reading her Bible. Like that's, it's crazy that I actually remember that at such a young age, but something happened. My mom comes from a long line of mental health. Her mom her dad, her twin sister. She really struggled with bipolar and mental depression. And I didn't even know that. My dad and my mom were very good at like concealing that or or God, you know, when she was really in touch with her relationship with God, like he really intervened and, and kept her from that. But something shifted around the age of 10. I'm not sure if exact, if they exactly go completely hand in hand. But at that time, my dad was also diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, MS as we usually call it. And I know that that took a huge mental toll on her, not knowing what to expect, especially in 2003 when he was diagnosed, never really heard of it. You don't know. All they knew was typically somebody's diagnosed and within less than 10 years, they're wheelchair bound and can't do anything for themselves. So that's what we are initially told. And I think it really just took a lot from her and she began to deteriorate mentally she just let it beat her down she allowed the enemy to use that as a wedge between her and my dad and her and her relationship with god and i remember all of a sudden my mom just would just disappear me and my dad and my little sister who was like two three at the time we'd be driving all around the county i'm from a really small town in kentucky so like i'm talking three three stoplights like one one high school you know not a huge town we would just drive all around the town looking for her. My dad would have no idea where she went. Mm. And at the time, I didn't understand the severity of that. But my dad knew how mentally unstable she could become. And ultimately, it just, my dad gave up. He was like, this is not worth the fight anymore. We need to separate, like, for my own health. But he couldn't, yeah. couldn't let it bring him down. Were you ever mad at him? that or um i don't think i was ever really mad at him i do remember like when it when they really separated he left um and started working with his brother and was out of out of state a lot like you know the new job would take him to all different states he was working on telephone wires and stuff so all of a sudden i went from having two parents at home full time to a mom I didn't even know all of a sudden she was a completely different person. She was going out on the weekends. She was drinking. She was doing other things that I wasn't aware of at the time. Yeah. And there was different guys coming in and out of my house that I had never met. And she would just randomly drop us off at other people's houses to stay the night so that she could go out. And then my dad's nowhere to be found for sometimes a month at a time because he was gone working. Yeah. And so I remember being very like unaware of like what my life's going to be like for the next coming years or, or anything like, or where I was even going to be living because I had no idea how, all the shifting was just so sudden yeah. to, as a 10 year old. Yeah. What happened next? She ended up finding a boyfriend who we moved in with, who I thought was pretty nice. He was a dad, divorced, had a daughter who was about my younger sister's age, like a year older. So she was like four. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really cool at the time. He had like a really cool house on land, you know. It was way bigger than my double-eyed trailer that I grew up in. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like I live in a 
big house now. In the country now. Yeah. But it was toxic. Mm. Now now knowing and looking back, it was so, so toxic. I honestly, I remember finding things under my mom's bed. I'd find a plate with a spoon under her bed with like a straw cut, you know. And at the time I was like, what is what what is this? Well, that's yeah. weird. Why were they eating in bed? But like now I know that that was like they were doing they were crushing pills and you know all yeah. kinds of stuff and I found just things like that all the time. And they were out all the time. We would be tossed around every other weekend to somewhere else cuz my dad was still working out on the road, so mm. whoever would take us. I had a friend that lived down the road. I stayed there a lot on the weekends. So that was pretty crazy for about a year. And my mom would leave all of a sudden, all the time, because they they just fought all the time. Mm. And so she'd pack us up and leave in, in the middle of the night. And then we'd be right back the next day. Like, So it was just crazy. And there'd be nights. She packed me and my sister up and we'd drive in the middle of the night to some random person's house and me and my sister would have to sit in the car while her and her boyfriend were in this person's house being you know who really knows <laughs> but definitely not probably legal things um so a lot of a lot of nights like that and that'd be school nights yeah and so two three in the morning i'd be sleeping in the car with my sister because they were off getting a high yeah so that that went on for probably i think maybe two years almost Almost two years. And my dad's in between that time of working on the road and and the next event that's about, I'm about to tell you about. Um, he met my stepmom now, who he's been with for almost 17 years, and she lives here in Missouri. Mm-hmm. So that's how my life shifted here eventually. When things just start to get really intense, my mom... Ultimately, I guess, decided that enough was enough and she needed a way out of this relationship. And in her mind, the only way out is to ultimately end her own life. So the morning was pretty intense. I remember it was. We were coming off of a weekend. It was a Sunday morning. And I was staying the night with a friend, the friend that lived up the road. And I actually had my cousin with me. And my friend's mom dropped me and my cousin off at my mom's house, which is not normal. He normally would have went home, not to my house. Mm. But we walked in the door, and it's like 9.30 in the morning. So it's pretty early. My mom was not really a super morning person, especially on the weekends. And we walked in the door, and things were just, you could tell that they had been up all night probably fighting. Mm. I'm talking telephone was in the trash can. Things were knocked off the table, and I, I walked in, and I honestly, I couldn't find her. I was like, Mom, hello? And my little sister was there that night, which was also kind of out of the ordinary, especially yeah. if they had been fighting all night. Um, she was still sleeping, but, and then my mom just like, there. this is all kind of a blur, but my mom ran down the hallway. He ran after her yelling, and then she went to go get the phone out of the trash can. I remember specifically because as she walked around the corner of the wall to get it out of the trash can, he pulled her by her head of her ha- head of her hair and jerked her down the hallway. Mm. And so I'm like, what's happening? I'm kind of standing in the living room just like trying to keep my distance, not really sure what to do. Yeah. And the next thing I know is she runs down the stairs to the basement. In this, ho- in this house, it was a walkout basement, so she could like make a full circle. And she made – and then the next thing I know, she's at the front door. 
So she went down to the basement, out the ba- out the door in the basement, and back around to the front of the house. Mm-hmm. And then she's holding the gun. Mm-hmm. So at, in a split second, she pointed it at him. He ran around the corner and hid, and then she turned it on herself. Wow. And thank thank God some something told my cousin to grab my little sister and run out the back door. So she was shielded from that. But, like, I witnessed the entire thing. And I was 11, I think. 11, 12. Right, right almost turning 12. And I, the coward of a boyfriend, was in fetal position in the corner and down the hallway hiding. And so I took the phone out of the trash and called 911. Oh, my gosh. And I remember rushing to her side. And thought I thought for sure my mom's gone. You know, like there's no way. Like she literally, she she just shot herself in the head. Like yeah. she's gone. And she turned, and I will never forget. She looked me right in the eye and said, "It's gonna be okay." And I was like, "Okay." Um, everything gets kind of crazy at that point, but ultimately she was in. She made it. She lived through it. Wow. But she was in rehab for a full year. She was never the same. Yeah. I mean, who could be the same after? traumatic brain injury which okay but I thought all through my teenage years I thought this was her other chance like God gave her a full opportunity to make it right you know this was her divine intervention to get her life back on track but she never did and she I just all through my teenage years I was I was bitter you know I lost a mom who was top notch the best of the best so on fire for God everything and I went to, I completely, completely uprooted my life. Everything I knew, all the family I ever had, moved me to Missouri. I mean, I had my dad. My dad is everything. I mean, yeah. if you've met my dad, he is the most meek, honorable soul, gentle, gentle kind. He, if he doesn't raise his voice, I'm talking if my dad, if your dad, if I hurt his feelings beyond belief, he's going to look at me and speak so gentle with tears rolling down his eyes that you know you've done something wrong. You know, like he doesn't raise his voice. So I definitely, I mean, thank God I have the dad I have. Yeah. But it was so hard. It was, I mean, a teenager with my life uprooted with now a new stepmom who, not that she's not wonderful. Like, you know, we've been, we've definitely been through some things and our relationship was super, super rocky all through my teen years. But it was different. Her parenting style was different from anything I ever came from. And as a teenager, we bumped heads a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. I was in church. You know, we came here. We found a wonderful church that I still go to now. And it, I was surrounded by great friends, great pastor, great leadership. Mm-hmm. But inside I was a mess. Yeah. And I tried to to cover it up and shield it. And, but I ultimately didn't know how to really give that part of myself to God. Mm. And I remember I still have them. I have journals. Of where I'm just basically going off on on God. Yeah. How could you allow this to happen to me? And really fed into the enemy's lies of you're going to end up just like your mom. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. That's that's your course of life. That That's, that's the card you've been given. Dude. Like there's nothing else <laughs> for you. What a loud lie. You know, yeah, and like I think he speaks that to all of us in in our definitely. Own way, you know, he does, and he creeps it into every nook and cranny. Yeah, you know, he would use it to drive a wedge between any inkling of any hope of any relationship me and my stepmom could could have had during that time. Yeah, 
he allowed he creeped in and used her and me and and made our relationship ultimately toxic yeah it's a part of my life i don't talk about a lot because yeah. i don't ever want anybody to think about my stepmom in a negative way because she's wonderful yeah it took us a long time to get to where we are but during that time I thought she was the, the enemy, you know? Mm. She's the one who's stepped into my life and hasn't helped it get any better about back on track when it was turned upside down. And I felt like she didn't see me. She didn't hear me. Like, I could yeah. be screaming from the inside, and she was just like, get it together, you know? Yeah. But really, it was the enemy. He was using it as a way for me to just... I don't know, let it really eat me alive. Yeah, that bitterness yes. that steals our joy yeah. and, and, like, potential for a good relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And and growth and healing yeah. all, and joy, yeah. all, all the things, you know? The healing Kill, that I steal. so desperately need it. Yeah, but he does not come Mm-mm. except to kill, steal, and destroy, and that's what he, he does. That's his MO. Yes. So it's, like, looking back, it's not a yeah. surprise, you know, but when you're going through something like that, I can't imagine, and, and I have never gone through something like that, so I'm not speaking from there, but, like, in our dark times, it's hard to say, this is spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. 100%, yep. you know, and we don't battle with flesh and blood, and it's easy for me to say that yes. when I'm not going through something, but when I'm in the thick of it, it's hard for me to point it out, which mm-hmm. is why it's so important that we have good leadership, good friends, you know, Christ-following, uplifting community, yeah. you know? to to help pull us out of yeah. that it's yeah. a it's a trifold i don't even yeah. know i mean yeah. all through those years it was i mean i would struggle with mental thoughts myself you know same just just end it like the enemy's just like ultimately your cards have been laid in front of you you know what you're going to end up like so why don't you just end it you know yeah and thank god i never did but amen he tried yeah he tried to tell me, and and this whole time my mom, my mom's still alive, mm. but I would avoid phone calls. I don't want to talk to her. All she would do is cry, mm. because she felt, felt guilty. You know, we we'd barely get to see her. I'd see my mom like maybe once a year, and never alone. Like she couldn't drive anymore. She couldn't. She basically couldn't hardly live alone. Yeah, I mean it was a miracle that she even made it through, but it was just. I just don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that. I'm so sorry. I love you. Don't end up like your mom. And and, and also, she had, like, short-term memory loss, so it wouldn't just be that she'd say it one time. She'd say it 15 times on a 20-minute phone call. Wow. So, mentally, it was just another thing that I was just like, I just can't. Yeah. I can't do this. For, like, your own sanity. Yeah. Mm. My, for something I already am not coping well. And right. Let's add, I can't, ha- I can't carry your guilt on top of it yeah and that's not fair no you're you're a babe yeah like i could barely process what i was going through already did you go to counseling or anything after that no man that's that's heavy yeah and i think it's also it's one of those things like now why i'm so just like eh. Mm. Something ha- and it's definitely a God thing. Like something traumatic starts to happen, or things get a little rocky, or things get rough. And I thank goodness now I am like God's got it. Yeah, 
I don't allow myself to go to like the heavy dark places anymore because I'm like I know I can't yeah so I'm like God's got it my husband's very much not like that like he gets stressed so easily Mm -hmm. and over the littlest things like anything like some a part goes bad on the car and he's so so stressed that beyond belief the whole world's falling apart everything's on fire we're gonna die like yeah and I'm like it's okay God's got it like it's fine and he's just like okay um you're crazy <laughs> but I think that's it's a way that eventually God's taken and taught me through that and I didn't realize it until now that I'm adult and I and I learned how I process things yeah um as a teenager, not like that at all. I would yeah. wallow in it, bury it down, stuff it in a dark corner, and ultimately wait it until I just explode it. Yeah. But thank goodness, learned a little bit better, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, everything was really crazy and hazy between 11, 12, and to 18. And I just wanted to appear normal. You yeah. Know? I'm in public school, but I'm a Pentecostal teenager who really doesn't actually have her own relationship with God. So I was also bitter at the fact that, like, I'm one of the only Pentecostal teenagers in my whole school who stands out like a sore thumb, and I don't even want to be doing this. And you just want to be normal. And I just want to be normal. And I don't want anybody to know the trauma that I've came from or any, you know. As a teenager, it's not cool to have trauma. Right. I don't need anybody's pity. Mm. I got this. But also trying to fake it all through church yeah i've got it all together i'm on fire for god i'm and the altar crying on sunday Mm. but it's it wasn't authentic yeah that went on and on and on for like six years and i ended up getting a boyfriend my freshman year of high school who i thought i was so in love with but i wasn't allowed to date Mm. anybody who wasn't in church so i kept him a secret for four years, three years technically. Okay, I, I moved in between my, I moved out of my home in between junior and senior year. So three years. Mm. My parents had no idea. Wow. I had a group of like best friends that they knew really well, and so I'd go hang out with them, but I was really hanging out with him. Yeah. Ultimately, I ended up moving out of my home. I ran away from home. Didn't tell my parents. I waited so they were gone. My mom was gone for a weekend. My dad was doing something like an hour away that day and I was home alone and I had packed a bag hidden under my bed and my boyfriend's dad and him came and picked me up from my home and I ran away and I went and lived with them and they had no idea he existed so they didn't know where I was oh my goodness my brother actually found out where I was he called around and terrorized my friends until they told them and he came and knocked on the door and found me and they they wouldn't let my boyfriend's parents wouldn't let him in obviously but so that was really i i just added to the toxic trauma yeah um but in my head i had no choice i had to get out like i was dying in that house so i thought like i was like i'm not gonna make it if i don't get out of here i ran from god hard for like the next six years from 18 18 to 23 I blamed everything on God still. So I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, I am running hardcore. And, of course, I lost all my super close friends in the church during that time, too. Mm -hmm. So I I just let that add to the fact that I was angry. 
Yeah. I was like, see, they didn't even really care about me. If I'm not in church, they don't want to be my friend. But really, the whole time I was gone, they were all praying for me. Yeah. I'm the one that shunned them out. Mm. I'm the one that cut all ties and disconnected. But it was really rough, and I actually ended up in put myself in this, a toxic relationship. Yeah. At the time, you know, I didn't see it, and I thought that this is how relationships were supposed to be, but mm. he was so mentally controlling. Mm. He would tell me things like, you're just going to end up like your mom. You, you're not making the right choices in your life. You're just going to end up just like her anyway. Mm. So you can't do this without me because without me, you're going to end up dead. Wow. And I believed him yeah. for years. And, I mean, you had already been saying yeah. that the enemy had been whispering that yeah. to you anyway. So I was like, Ugh, he's right. Yeah. I am. Like, I can't leave him because if I leave him, then, I'm, then I have nothing. Mm-hmm. I put myself in a situation where my relationship with my parents was awful. Right. Can't go back home. But if I'm not with him, then I'm homeless. Mm. So now you're dependent. So now I'm codependent on this boy mm. who talks to me like I'm trash. Right. I couldn't make any decisions without running them by him. Like, everything. I'm talking, I was so codependent on him. Mm. I And I did. When I eventually left, I was 21 years old. And I was like, I got to get out of here. Like, something just clicked. Eventually, yeah. I was like, I, I can't live like this anymore. He had, he ended up starting to put his hands on me. Mm. And he never, like, actually, actually hit me. But I'm talking, grab me by the arm and sling me down on the ground. Pin me down and yell at me. Like, which is still, nobody should stand for Absolutely. that. Like, just I, because he didn't punch me in the face does not mean that he was not abusing me. Like, yeah. I heard somebody no. say, um, slamming the door is, is too much. Yes. And I'm like, oh, because sometimes I be slamming doors, yeah. you know? <laughs> I mean, and we're human. We're going to yeah. get angry, but. Right. But that will check no. you real quick. And you're yes. right. That's not okay for anybody to stay there. Yeah. I was like, okay. And this is, it's not going to get any better. Hmm. So I was like, I, I got to get out. Like, yeah. I got to figure it out. So I left. I had no car, no job, mm-hmm. I, nothing. I lived with a friend, one of my best friends from high school, for several months. And I continued down a spiral path. Yeah. I came in contact with Tinder. Mm-hmm. I, by the grace of God, I didn't get murdered or right. something. <laughs> like, I mean, nothing worse than murder. But, like, you know. I was going and meeting men I never met in the middle of St. Louis at, at nighttime. Like, yeah. And I was sleeping with multiple of them. Mm-hmm. I can't, the trauma and God has like blocked out so much of that time of my life. But it was like a whole year that I was just sleeping with whoever, talking with whoever, meeting them wherever. And somehow I ended up getting my life back on track and picking up the pieces and got a job and got a car and found a stable place to stay with a friend still but what was what was the turning point where you decided to turn back to God honestly uh I remember in the time from leaving the high school boyfriend into the point of my life where I was really spiraling I had gotten a job at um it's called community living they do they were special needs kids Okay. And so, like, I did an after-school program called Teen Club, and I worked with special needs kids. And I met a co-worker there who went to, it's like a non-denominational church. It's, um, I can't remember what it's called at the moment, but 
basically, you know, they were really fun. They did all kinds of youth things, and he invited me to one of their Wednesday night youth things, and I was like, okay, fine, I'll go. And this was after, like, six times of pressuring me to go to this thing, and I was like, okay, fine, I'll go. And I go, and I get really connected with a bunch of, a couple girls there, and they kind of kept tabs on me for a while, and I went to the church several times. I don't even know how many times. It was probably a course of three, four months that I actually continued to go for a decently regular basis. But I just remember during that time that God was like, this is not the place for you. Like, not that it was bad. They were were wonderful people, but he was like, you know where your home is. You know where your home is. Mm -hmm. You know where you belong. Yeah. And I was like, nice try. (laughs) I'm not going back. Like, Mm -hmm. do you realize what I, what I ran from? Like, do you know, like, like, I'm not going back. Yeah. And I was persistent. I was like, I'm not doing it. Eventually, the actually the friend who I ended up meeting my husband through, when we had connected, there was one night that I was just like really struggling to stay on top of things. I, I at this point I was I was connected to my parents again, but it was still kind of rocky. You know, yeah. me and my dad better than me and my stepmom. But I just knew that if my dad was very adamant on, I'll help you, but you gotta do xyz you have to come see me or you have to come meet me here exactly and a lot of times he'd be like you come to church i'll i'll give you a little bit of money to put in your gas tank and i was like hmm nice try how about i'll meet you friday at the house or something you know (laughs) so a lot of times i was like whatever but it was it was a wednesday night Mm -hmm. and i was on e and was not going to be able to make it to work the rest of the week and i told my friend i was like you go to church with me my dad will help me fill up my gas tank, but I am not going to church alone, so I'll only go if you go with me. Mm. And she was like, okay, I'll go with you, whatever. And I was like, oh, man. She said yes. <laughs> like I was like, I was hoping she'd be like, I'll just give you 10 bucks. We don't have to go see your dad. And she was like, no, I'll go with you. And I was like, oh, okay. Let's go, I guess. And so I walked in and immediately felt pulled in the parking lot. And I remember sitting and, and, and receiving the enemy was like, are you really going to go in? Are you really sure you're ready to face all these people? Do you, do you know what they probably said about you the whole time you were gone? Yeah. He's like, you're going to get shambled or, like, overwhelmed by all the people. Hi, how, how are you? Where have you been? Like, mm-hmm. what? And she, he was like, you don't want to deal with that. And and then I remember my friend was like, are we going in? Come on, let's go. I love oh, that. Yeah, we're going. Let's go. Little does she know what yeah. she's about to step into. Yeah, she had no idea. She had no idea what she was stepping into. But here I am fighting off demons, and she's just like, let's go. <laughs> so we go. And she liked it. I was like, oh, no. So, But it was okay. Like, all the lies that the enemy said. They were lies. Absolutely. Bold face lies. Bold print. Mm. I walked in and received nothing but grace and hugs. And we've missed you. We've been praying for you. Mm. We love you. And even at that time, I was still very hardened. Like, yeah. I was like, thanks. Okay. Cool. Like, good to see you too. Mm. But very, like, mm. like cautiously. Yes. Treading the water, yeah. like, I was like, do not make me take off this armor that is yeah. keeping me from really mm. feeling some things. I was like, That's I'm so not ready. Yeah. And, but God was, little did I know, he was chiseling it away. 
in Wednesday night service, sitting next to my dad, where my only goal was to get to work tomorrow and get a little bit of money, gas in my tank. Like, but he was he was chiseling. Yeah. And we kept going. He would go pretty consistently on Wednesdays. I was not ready to step in on a Sunday. Yeah. But we'd go on Wednesday nights. Which is nights. funny because Wednesday feels a little bit more convicting. It's true. <laughs> no, you're so right, though, because that's when pastor is like let's this is family this night. is family <laughs> night this is bible study let's yeah. get it together tonight yeah but i at the time you know i was like no sunday's gonna make me cry sunday's gonna make me get 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 a hold of god and the spirit's gonna mm-hmm. literally <laughs> rip off this this hardened armor that i'm using to protect myself i was like wednesday i can make it through some scratch the surface worship and tune out the what pastor's actually saying you know mm-hmm. and just sit through it and go home but ultimately, eventually, she was like, why don't we go on a Sunday? Uh-huh. Okay. She's like, I want more. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, there's church on Sunday too, right? And like, yeah, <laughs> there is. <laughs> but I love that so much for both of you. But I, I just love seeing like how God uses people. Yeah. And the people you don't think that that he would use in those moments like she hadn't been you know she had no idea what he was doing yeah and he's just it's like you used a friend who had no idea what she was stepping into and what she was stepping into for her but also for you you know the way that she encouraged me to keep going and to allow god to really break away some of the bitterness and the and the hardness and heal me from things that I never allowed him to heal me from as a young teenager. And ultimately though, he was, he was saving her as well. He's just doing it all. I was like, he just all at once. And then my now husband, we were starting to date at the time. Mm -hmm. And then he, he was just like one Sunday, he's like, I'll go with you guys. And I was like, "Uh Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. You're about to find out a whole lot about me. And I am not kidding, Ashley. The first service he went to was a Sunday. Mm. The spirit broke out like I had hardly ever seen. Like, yeah. And I remember I was still very hardened, you know, kind of things were getting better. But like I was not about to ever step out in the aisle and lift my hands or let anybody see me really get a hold of God. But I remember looking and watching the worship service and I'm crying like can't control it like tears are just rolling down my face and I was like this guy is going to run away because he's going to be like what is happening this is crazy and I turned to look at him and there's tears rolling down his face and I was like "Uh oh (laughs) it's like great and my stepmom turned and she elbowed me and she was like he doesn't run away after this service if if the enemy doesn't get him then you better keep him yeah and he didn't and he came back and I was like, great. <laughs> I was like, what did I get myself into? Now I've got two friends who actually enjoy going to church with mm-hmm. me. And I'm still not sure if this is what I want to step back into. Yeah. <laughs> I just think of... I say this about my marriage, too. Like, the dumb luck, really. And I know that it's not dumb. I know that it's God. But it's like, what are the chances? Yeah. That, that God gets a hold of you three all at once and uses you guys together to get a hold of, of you guys. Yeah. And and then just takes you on this wild goose chase with him. Yeah. You know, like, what are the chances that three friends stick through that? You know what I mean? 
And, I mean, yeah, like what we had come from. Right. Emily partied with me. Yeah. I mean, me and Nick met in the time of my life where that's what we did, you know? And so he he shifted our relationship so dramatically and it didn't falter. Yeah. And that's what blows my mind. Here we are almost seven years later because I was not pregnant with my son yet and he's six. And we're, we're still in it. Like, yeah. So you know how much, I mean, you know how much changing happens to you when you find God. Yeah. I am a completely different human being than I was when we walked into that church for the first time together. Yeah. But he kept us all three knitted together yeah. through all of it. Preserved. <laughs> yeah. That's what? That's so good. And, and, like, you just keep growing. That's so beautiful. And it's just crazy, you know, you look back. But now it's not just us three. Yeah. Now it's us three plus her son and yeah. my kids and... Just all the connections that we make outside of that, too. And yeah. just, I'm like, look at what he, what God can do. Yeah. He can take one and make it three. Make three, seven. You know, like, it just. It's amazing. Like, it what? And, and he like, took my trauma and did that? Yeah. Yeah. He took a hard, bitter exterior and not only brought me back from ultimately the pits of hell, but three other people with them and or you know two and then and more all of our children everybody that you touch yeah you know and and like god has such a huge calling for your children you know for for all you know emily's as well like yeah all the boys like strong leaders strong christian male leaders like our our country needs that not to be all like patriotic but like it does our world needs that and like it, it started with with some pain, yeah, you know, and surrendering that pain to the Lord. And so I want to just touch on when did you finally feel like he had taken away your heart of stone and given you a heart of flesh when it came to that um, situation with your mom? I don't, I don't know if I remember like a, a pivotal moment exactly when it like, I felt it completely just make a cautious decision. Like this is it. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember the day when I actually found out I was pregnant with my oldest, Landon, is when I really turned to Nick and I was like, we have to do this a hundred percent. I was like, there's no more like, you know, we had been going to church, but it wasn't like all in. It was, let's go this Sunday. Let's go this Wednesday. Oh, there's something better to do this Sunday. Let's do that. But when I found out I was pregnant with him, I was like, this is it. And so I think when I made that cautious decision, I had no choice but to really allow God to really work away some of the the bitterness and the and the stuff that I had carried and I don't know it's hard to pinpoint when it really yeah just sort of felt slow. like I lifted it it's like just slowly over time I just felt less and less heavy yeah and how do you look at your mother when um when you remember her now um, I mean, sometimes I'm still really sad. Yeah. Especially being a mom. Yeah. And really kind of being the same kind of mom that she was. Like, I'm a stay-at-home mom now. Like, I have my thing. I have my photography. But, like, 
I'm a stay-at-home mom just like she was. And I never really thought that that was my plan, but... So sometimes I'm just really sad. And, like, I don't get to see this part of me or experience our grandchildren. And yeah. And I don't even know how to talk about it with them. They don't... My, I don't even, my boys are really young still, but... Yeah. They don't... I don't have pictures of my mom out anywhere or talk really about her a lot. So I don't even think that they they realize that my stepmom's not my mom. Yeah. So that's a whole other part that I have a guilty feelings about. Like, I don't even know how to ever scratch that surface when the time comes. But I'm, I don't think I'm angry anymore. Mm. I think God really healed me from a lot of that anger. Now it's just kind of like moments of sadness when I think about what she's missing out on, especially mm-hmm. when... I hate, I hate to say it, but it, it's her fault. Yeah. You know, it's not like she died of an accident. Like, she she chose yeah. to leave. She chose to not get back on course. And that's just really hard to think about. That I'm like, I'm never going to allow the enemy to tell me that I'm not worth it anymore. Because I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen what it can do to somebody when they really give in to the lies of the enemy. Yeah. And I refuse to allow him to do that to me or my family. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) Because I'm like, I've watched it happen. Yeah. And I've watched somebody, even through giving another opportunity, she still never... It's like surrendered back to God and just let him take the pain. She carried the guilt mm. for an additional six years. Yeah. Let the enemy tear her down bit by bit and tell her that she was not worth it. She was guilty. She's the one that gave, threw it all away. And like, what if she just would have gave it to God? Yeah. What could have been? Yeah. Because he literally turns like ashes into beauty you know he he does that yeah you talked about having armor as you walked into church and referring to like the hard exterior you know the the walls that you you had built through the years through your bitterness Mm -hmm. and and then through you know rebelling yeah and now replaced with the armor of god yeah Yeah. it's so beautiful yeah Sorry. I'm going to fight off the enemy with the armor that God's given me rather than letting the enemy use it to build walls. Yeah, that's so good. And now we just speak to the enemy and we tell him, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have any authority here. Like, I know who I am in Christ. And I know how much he loves me. And I know what his sacrifice was for me. And because of that, I have so much hope and joy, (laughs) you know. It's crazy that you just used that word. Um, There's... I, I mean, he's he's maybe a little controversial to mention, but there's an artist called NF. I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah, yeah. He just came out with a song, Hope. And it's like, it literally was like that he took pages out of my diary and wrote them into lyrics. Mm-hmm. And the whole song is about him battling his inner demons. Like, yeah. Ultimately, the enemy telling him, you're not worth it. You don't have the strength. You can't do this. Like, this is what your future should have been. And he's like, no, I have hope. I'm taking the reins. Yeah. 
Like, this is my future because this is what God told me my future will be. You have no control here, enemy. Like, Mm. no matter what you try to tell me, no matter what you've put me through, no matter the trauma that I carry, God takes it and he changes it for his glory and his kingdom. Every time. Every single time. If we offer it. Yeah. You know? That's why I tell people sometimes that... Not that it's not me, it's God, but anytime God puts it on my heart to, like, pray for somebody, and you can sense that they're just carrying it. They just carry the weight. And I'm like, every single time, I'm like, lay down the luggage. Stop carrying it, because it's not for you to carry. And we let it, we just keep it by our sides for so long. We're like, but that's my trauma. And tuck it away in a suitcase and push it to the side. But you're still carrying it. You're still taking it from place to place with you. And he's just waiting for you to toss it aside and say, take it. Yeah. And I'm just like, why do we do that? Self-sufficient. Why do we do that for so long? Yeah. I carried it. Mm. And But the moment I was like, mm-mm. Like, I can't do it anymore. I think it also comes with feeling a sense of safeness. Where, like, yeah. I can set this down now. Yeah. And I trust you to carry it, you know? And that does takes chiseling, you know? It takes vulnerability. Yeah. And it's really hard as a human to just be vulnerable or transparent. Yeah. And we're so worried about somebody else seeing our struggles. Yeah. Especially as a Christian, you're supposed to be have it all put together and you got it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> but it's okay to not got it. Yeah. It's okay. I still struggle. I'm not saying that I don't struggle because I do. Right. I still have moments where the the enemy creeps in, especially with mental struggles. Like that was supposed to be my fate. Yeah. And without God, like I know that I'm like mentally, I would not be able to cope with most of the things that I've gone through. Yeah. But because of God, but and not. I have to remind myself of that when the enemy tries to creep in and the anxiety tries to to come. I'm like. Mm-mm enemy yeah. nope it helps knowing his tactics yeah a little bit you it's know true. and i mean um then we can just call it what it is yeah you know that's true good. but he's sneaky he is <laughs> i was talking to a friend last night about it like he wears camouflage mm-hmm. he tries to be unseen but it's like well when we call him out it's even less power yeah. that you have you know and you already don't have very much you know mm-hmm. unless i you know give it to you but so true i think about just like the seeds you know and um like never underestimating the power of a seed you know when it started when you were a kid and really even before you were it started with your parents you know and those seeds and and then just watching it like the harvest (laughs) and and not just you but others too and i know that your story is just and you personally, the people that you touch are just helping plant and water those seeds and bringing people to the Lord. And maybe we don't get to see the harvest, but but like we trust God that he's moving and he's using it for more than just your growth, you know? Yeah. Generational blessings. Absolutely. It's, um, I always tell everybody, anytime somebody asks me to share my story, I always say, what part? Because I'm like, <laughs> I feel like it's such a... A trifold effect, like, you know, from being a young kid to parents getting divorced to 
being a teenager and, re- and rebelling and mm-hmm. but today healing and like actually I've never said it all together yeah I've only ever focused on parts and pieces of it and now looking back and actually after saying it all with you I see how his hand was on it from the beginning yeah how he was using every single ounce of anything I ever went through and knew what he was doing he knew how he was going to turn the emotional trauma and the bitterness and how I was going to carry it and how ultimately it was going to how long it was going to take me to give it to him yeah that's so good if you could name your story what would your story his name be (laughs) (laughs) no Um, the first thing that comes to mind was is but with God Mm. I mean I know it can kind of sound cliche and everybody says but with God but but really, but with God. So good. Thank you so much, Christian. I love you so much, and I'm so grateful for you. So thank you. Being plucked from the darkness and finally seeing the light, tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, it just makes me want to share about the love that I found in Christ and how accessible it is. He's everywhere, and he wants you to encounter him. I pray for every person listening to my voice that spiritual eyes will be open to see him in all things, in Jesus' name. If you wouldn't mind sharing this podcast with a friend and leaving a review on wherever you're listening from, that can help spread the reach of this podcast into the nooks and crannies of the web. Until next time!